My brothers and my sisters, once again, it is time we come to our podcast, A Word, Daily Inspiration for Life's Journey, Plain Talk for Plain Folk. Uh, We just want to welcome you for taking the time to listen at us for a few minutes, spend a few minutes of your time listening at this podcast, A Word, Daily Inspiration for Life's Journey, again, Plain Talk plain folks. I want to thank each of you for uh, your encouragement and continued listening. Uh, This podcast was designed to uh, just provide a cat of inspiration. Our sincerest desire is that a word will be said, our sentiment will be shared to help you along your walk with God. I always begin with the affirmation of faith. I think that's important to identify what you believe in settings like this. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. Third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, that all churches are one in Christ, communion of saints, the forgiveness of sin, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. This is season five. This is episode five. We're dealing uh teaching from operating in the courts of heaven and tonight we will be using for our episodes topic preparing the repositioned heart for service preparing the repositioned heart for service as i begin we uh started teaching this uh some episodes back i have made a commitment uh to god to teach this because i think it's important and I think we're making progress week over week. Uh, we have, uh, well, it's Christmas Eve, actually. And I was thinking as I was prayerfully considering what we would talk about tonight and how we would address it. And I realized that Christmas conjures up many, many things. And I also realized that Satan is busy. Uh, he's busy in all of our lives, if we know it or not. So that's why it's so important to learn to go to God for yourself, to go to God in prayer, to embrace the dimensions of prayer that are at our at our disposal. Uh, and that's what we're talking about, the dimensions of prayer, uh, that it is a judicial concept, proving in prayer, validating your sentiments from the word of God and reinforcing your belief that all things must line up with the word of God that he has given us. And just because it is the holiday, just because it is that time of year that we share, we give, there are a lot of other things that go on in uh, this time of year other than gift giving and, and trees and lights and all of the other sentiments that we've come to associate with Christmas. There's a lot of uh, depression this time of year. There are a lot of unsettling things that happen. Hence, the devil, uh, I think he kicks into high gear. He attacks families. Uh, he attacks 
you know, churches, he takes communities. Uh, he's just on the prowl. And we as a band of baptized believers or we that are still trying to find our way uh, in the spirit and in the realms and the different prayers of dimensions, we have to guard ourselves. And I found that, unfortunately, as soon as you drop your God, uh, he will pounce. He'll find your weaknesses. He will exploit them. He will wreak havoc in your havoc in your lives. So we have to always live in a constant state of repentance. Our our natural man is too stubborn to repent. A lot of the times we are too stubborn to see or to acknowledge what has happened until it's already happened. And this time of year is very clear. Uh, so in the giving. Let us give thanks. Let us give praise. Let us be repentant for our sins by word, by thought, by deed. Let us be uh, recon. Let us reconcile ourselves and align ourselves with the word of God to be able to overcome what uh, Satan is trying to do in our lives. Hence, we have a prayer for that. We pray in the course of heaven. We ask God to strengthen us to be able to resist, resist the enemy, the devil, and he will flee. But it's a constant vigilance that we must keep. That being said, I, I would like to just start our conversation tonight, uh, and I'm going to be focusing in on Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah 6, 1 and 7, we're shown how God cleansed Isaiah and prepared him and purified him to function as a prophet. Now, understand this. When God is purifying our hearts, there are a lot of things that's going on at the same time. We're confronted with our own demons. We're confronted with others' demons. We are uh, put in a position that Words are said, sentiments are shared that may not be in our best interest, but God takes us through all of these things to prepare us to be a vessel, to be a usable, durable vessel. Now, some of you saying, well, no, that's not me. Well, if it's not you, it will be. We all go through this. It's a sifting kind of thing. The Bible talks about sifting time being sifted as wheat. Uh, I've been there several times. I, Well, I have a temper, and I find that uh, I still get mad, of course, and I tend to buy into things that emotionally arouse me, and we have to be careful. So I want you to think about it. Think about all the things that brings you to that verge of anger, to that place of uh, just unreconcilable uh, anger in your heart. Those are the things that you have to take to God in prayer and say, Lord, this is me, and I need you to cleanse me. I need you to fix me. I need you to prepare me. I need you to strengthen me. I need you to, in the name of Jesus, show me the way to repentance. Yes, I know. It's Christmas time. 
We should all be happy. We should all be jolly. We should all be merry. But you know what? A lot of us are not. We're not just thrilled to death that it's Christmas. You know, we're not caught up in the lights and the uh, atmosphere of man. Because some of us see beyond this and understand that there is a fight going on for us in the spirit world. Satan is trying so hard to devour us, to to damage us, to damage our relationships, to damage our, our thinking, to damage what we see, what we hear, how we feel. There is a fight. The angels are present in our lives and they are fighting a good fight, but we have to pray. We have to pray that God will continue to strengthen us. We have to pray that God understands that our passion is to love him, to serve him, to overcome, to become what he needs us to be. That brings me to the content of our study tonight in Isaiah 6, 1 through 7. As Isaiah encountered the intense presence of God, have you encountered the intense presence of God in your life? Isaiah understood that his own sinfulness and lack of holiness was manifested to him. His admissions of his shortcomings caused heaven to move to bring cleansing and to purify him. Isaiah admitted, I'm, I, I have shortcomings. I, I, I'm undone. I'm not all I need to be. I'm not who I want to be. Well, of course, others recognize your faults and they are quick to point them out. Your actions will show that you still have a ways to go. So once these things are identified and you admit your shortcomings, then heaven will move, bringing cleansing. It's not always going to be a joyful experience. You might endure some pain, some shame, some, some kind of, well, you know, we got our mind made up about what we're going to go through and how we're going to go through it. So whatever your uh, definition of of your own suffering, then you'll be able to identify when your purifying time has come. Isaiah was chastened by the Lord in his glory. Isaiah said, woe is me. I am undone. Can't you hear him saying I'm all tied up and tangled up in my own sin? I'm tied up and I'm tangled up in the way that I think about the world and the way I think about others, the way that I perceive myself versus the way the world sees me. Can't you hear? War is me. God, I'm just wrapped up. I, I got so much going on. I, I can't see beyond where I am right now. I can't think beyond this box that I'm in. I cannot feel outside of the pain and the agony and the misery that's poured down on the inside of my soul that's been nurtured by years and years of trauma. Can't you see it? Feel your wounded spirit. And at that time, when you acknowledge these things to God. Now, the good thing about it, there's something you do in the private of your own, of your heart. 
Yeah, you don't have to fall down on your knees and be prostrate. It's sometimes good, though, to be, be prostrate before the Lord. Just to let him know that you have this kind of need for his presence. Yeah. But these are the things that we have to admit, brethren, sisters. We can't be so proud. We can't be so haughty. We can't be so convinced that we are right. That I have every right in the world to feel the way I'm feeling because I'm wounded. I have a wounded spirit. We all have a wounded spirit in some regards or another. We've all, because we deal with other human beings. And because other human beings are imperfect, then a lot of times we suffer the fallout. And then some of the situations that we find ourselves in are of our own choosing, of our own making. Hardheads. Haughty spirits, contentious attitudes. But once we can admit any of these things to God, as Isaiah did when he said, War is me, I am undone. And admit that our thinking is leading us astray. Do you realize we can get so caught up in who we are and what we are and what we got going on that we alienate the whole world? Those that love us, we hurt. Even those that don't love us, we hurt them. We are a retaliatory species. Instinctually, we retaliate. We retaliate. A lot of times, we don't even think about what we're saying. We just say. We just do. That's why it's so important that men always pray. Even in the midst of sin, when you recognize that you've done something that's offensive, that you've done something that's wrong, you can pray. You can say, Lord, forgive me. That's why when we pray and we go to Mount Zion, that that beautiful city of God where we prepare ourselves to enter into the courts of heaven, we ask God at that time we repent of our sins. And it don't mean much for you if I repent, but it remains everything to God because you don't know my heart. So if you are in a situation tonight and you under the sound of my weak voice and you are going through anything, just stop. Tell the Lord you, you're sorry. You, you, you heartily sorry for the sins that you've committed in your life. As you're trying to become a repositioned heart for service, you want the Lord to know that you're just plain old sorry. You want him to forgive you. You want him to repair you. You want him to strengthen you for the battle that yet lies ahead. Here, Isaiah saw his sin. Chastening from the Lord is a way that he allows our sin to become so large in our hearts that we may seek repentance, that we may ask that, or we may approach him to repent from our sins. We say, Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me. 
like the prodigal son. Remember last time we prodigal son said, I've sinned father before you and before God. How many times have we sinned before God? Somehow we thought we got away, but we didn't. Somehow we thought no one heard us, but he did. Somehow we thought that no one seen us, but he did. Somehow we thought that whatever we did or were doing was okay, but it wasn't okay with God, but he brings it to our remembrance as he did with Isaiah. He made Isaiah's sins seem so large that Isaiah was driven to repent. He was driven to say, I beg your pardon, Lord. I'm just sorry. In the plainest of language, from the depths of your heart and from the center of your existence, go to God tonight. Go to God right now and say, Lord, forgive me for I have sinned. And even if you are man or woman enough to go to your brother or your sister or to the person that you feel that you have injured or you have been injured by and ask them to forgive you. That's a good thing too. But you know, that's a hard thing for us to do. It's hard, number one, to, to admit that you're wrong. So it's hard for you to go to somebody and say, forgive me for what I've done. And then because our hearts are hard, a lot of times if someone did come to us and ask us to forgive them, we wouldn't do it. We would just look at them and say, okay. Now, that's not on you. That's on them, because at some point they're going to be like you, driven to repent. So here in this section of scripture, time's going so quick, I probably won't get to all of it. And we'll just pick up this and it'll be a part two. But the chastening of God. He wants us to feel, to recognize and to understand that there is a need in our human spirit to repent. In the glory of God, things that would otherwise be dismissed and justified become magnified and serious. In the glory of God, the things that we consider to be so small and insignificant, the things that we are trying to ignore because to us, it's probably even not small to us, but we want to make it seem that way. But we understand that they won't be dismissed and they won't be justified as righteousness. We understand they become magnified and serious. This is God. This is the goodness of God that is chastising us that we might secure our destiny. Do you hear what I said? The goodness of God will chastise you in order that you might secure your destiny. I know that you have business degrees. I know that you went to college. I know that you have powerful jobs. I know that you run your own business. I know that you're making money hand over fist. And yet some of us are not making money hand over fist, but we still figure like we got it going on. Understand, that might not be your destiny. It's just a road that you're going down. But in order to secure your real destiny from God, and I think it gets real important the older you get. Yeah, once you, when you're 30, yeah, it ain't that big a deal. 
when you're 35, you still figure you got time, you'll get there. Because then you, you, you're in that entrepreneurial wave. You're trying to make the money. You don't want to work for anybody else. So you want to work for yourself. So you establish a business and you get the government loan and everything goes well. But at some point, you will wake up and realize this is not your real destiny. Your real destiny, men and women, boys and girls, is to proclaim the living, undying, unchangeable word of God to a dying world. That's our destiny. But we're kind of tied up in some other things right now, Lord. We don't really have time to share the word. We want to share the word, but somehow it just don't seem to come out of my mouth like it comes out of somebody else's. Understand that the glory of God will always be before you, and the glory of God will allow you to see what you need to see to secure your destiny. This is what happened to Isaiah. I got a few more minutes. I got, well, I guess I got about eh, probably 10 minutes. So we're going to talk a little more. I know I'm going to have to have the, go have a hard stop at about 27, 28 minutes. And then I'm going to take, read a excerpt from the book and then we will, uh, close and we will come back and, uh, do another podcast, uh, to pick up on this part too. Okay. So I just need you to get this. As Isaiah humbled himself and repented in the glory of the Lord, he was changed. As Isaiah humbled himself and repented in the glory of the Lord, he was changed. He was transformed. At some point, you don't have to admit it to me, to your brother, to your sister, to your wife, to your uncle, to your aunts, to your children your grandchildren, or whoever it is, you don't ever have to admit anything to anybody else, but you're going to have to humble yourself before God. And how hard is that? It's innumerably difficult to humble ourselves sometimes if we don't have a humble and repentant spirit. It's very difficult. But at some point, you're going to be driven to your knees and you're going to beg God to forgive you and allow you to go on just another day. God, in his loving mercy and kindness, disciplined Isaiah that he would be a participant and experience the glory of God and the function as his prophet. I've been preaching a long time, not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Seen a lot of things, experienced a lot of things, preached a lot, taught a lot. But at the end of the day, I'm still human. And I've had experiences that I have been forced to humble myself and repent so I could be a participant and experience the glory of God. This podcast is one of those things. I said, well, nobody's listening. Nobody's going to listen. I I don't know what I'm doing. I, I listen at the professionals and they all seem to do so much different. And I see the people on the Facebook and they got their face on there and they're they're sitting in their little studios and they're talking or, or I see others doing. But you know what? This is my moment. This is what I do. This is where God wants me. This is the way to my destiny. And it is to share this word with that one that needs to hear exactly what I'm saying about the glory of God and humbling themselves. There's somebody out there that needs to humble themselves. You have not yet humbled yourself. You think because you walk quietly and you don't raise your voice that you're humble. No, 
You think because you're doing everything right, you're painting by the numbers and you your business is going well and and there, no, that is not humility. Humility is when you release everything that's inside of you and you ask God to search me. If you find anything that is not like you, remove it. I bow before you in humble submission, asking you, and I am submitting myself to you, which is my reasonable service. I don't want to be conformed to this world. I want to be transformed by the renewing of my mind is what the scripture says. In this place, Isaiah found that the Lord had transformed him. God in his love and mercy and kindness disciplined Isaiah that he would be a participant. A part- not on the sideline. That he would be a participant. That he would be willing to stand up, to stand out, to speak up, to speak out, to go wherever he needed him to go and do whatever he asked him to do. Even when he didn't understand it himself. Even when nobody else would go with it. Even when nobody else Wanted to hear what he had to say. It's kind of like being a preacher. We go where God sends us. We do what he asks us to do. Even if it is not what we want to do. Even if it is not where we want to go. Even if we don't feel worthy. The thing I found out about doing this. In all the years, I've never felt worthy. And I really don't feel worthy tonight. I really don't. But I know what, this is my destiny. This is what I do. This is who I am. This is the message that God has given me to give to you. So if I'm disobedient and I'm not doing what God needs me to do, I will never get to see the destiny that he has for me. I want you to think about it. Especially you young brethren and you young sisters. Think about it. Oh, it's all right that you get angry. It's all right that you find yourself in situations that you've already determined the outcome and you make take a position and this and that and the other. But at some point in life, take it from older folks, you will repent. You will humble yourself before God and say that I am not right about everything. I don't know everything. I don't know where I'm going all the time. I need you to lead me, guide, and direct me. This is what Isaiah came to. This is the place that he was at, to be a participant and experience the glory and function as a prophet. Not saying that all of you are going to be prophets, preachers, teachers, apostles. Just saying that wherever you are, stop fighting against him. Stop fighting against God. Stop fighting against the thing that's deep down on the inside. You, I like to call it a calling. You might recognize it as something else. But I'm here to tell you tonight that God has something for you to do. This is the time to understand what it is. We're all being reminiscent tonight over all the things. We're, some of us are enjoying that great uh, Christmas Eve experience with some of you going to parties, some of you had great dinner, some of you are just at home quietly watching TV, some of you will be going to mass, some of you will be going to church, some of you will be going to service, some of you will just be praying, some of you will be doing whatever it is. But this is the time to be able 
to participate in the glorious experience of functioning in God's work. I would like to emphasize we must approach the Lord hiding nothing and all things will be made available for the Lord's inspection. I want to stop right there. I'm going to read an excerpt from our book, A Word, Daily Inspiration for Life's Journey. I'm going to come back and I'm going to finish this in our next episode. We're going to choose a little a verse from the book tonight using Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling Satan. Ephesians 5, 1 through 2. The verse goes, love overcomes. On your journey, you will find that love overcomes all. I know this is easier said than done, but you must be able to love your way through every adversity and snare. This is your reasonable service, and you have the ability within. Today will be a good day to practice. Loving as Christ loved, giving as Christ gave, and most of all, forgiving as Christ forgave. Today is going to be a spectacular day because of your capacity to love. Listen, thank you for allowing me to come in your way with just a portion of the word. This is <clears throat> a word, daily inspiration for life's journey, plain talk for plain folk. My name is Reverend James Barkley, and thank you so much for listening in. God bless. We'll see you next time.